Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by StrikeForceEnergy.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to a very special crossover episode of Drinking Bros. Uh, as you know, we've had black-hearted podcast that was up for a little bit and then went down for a little bit uh, due to unforeseen circumstances in the business world. Uh, Jared and Evan and uh, Matt got extremely busy with uh, Black Rifle Coffee. Um, as you know, it's everywhere. It's blown up and everything else. But for 2018, they are bringing it back. They're bringing black. They're bringing back. Where are you? You're bringing black. Who cares? That could be bringing black. Uh, they're bringing back Black Hearted underneath a new name. They're calling it the Launch Code. Uh, they're going to stick to their military roots, and uh, they're going to talk to to a bunch of veteran entrepreneurs and uh, and try to help their businesses grow. Hopefully, they can learn something from them, and vice versa, and they can share their experiences with you. Um, as you know, a friend of the show, Bert Kuntz. Hashtag Bert from TV, who's one of our faves, one of our best friends in real life, uh, has had a popular company called Peacemaker Trading Co. They're relaunching that company into a company called Bison Union, and uh, they're just they're just tweaking some of the logos a little bit because they're going bigger. They're 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 looking for more of a a Patagonia North Face worldwide vibe. And, uh, and I think they can get there. It's, it's one of my favorite apparel companies out there and I'm a huge fan. So tonight we're going to, we're going to introduce you to a new podcast, uh, called launch code. That's, uh, Evan and Jared are doing specifically, um, that should be really getting ramped up here for, uh, for 2018. But at first, you know, we got some sponsors before we get into that show and the sponsors tonight are, look, you know that Strike Force Energy is at the top of this bitch. Um, Strike Force Energy is the premier energy drink company in the land. You don't need the can anymore. You can kick the can, kids. You can get rid of Monster. You can get a red, rid of Red Bull. Uh, all of that shit. You can throw it out the window. All you need is some Strike Force Energy from StrikeForceEnergy.com. They come in four amazing flavors: original, lemon, orange, make America grape again. And uh, we're big, big fans of these guys. Uh, make a really great stocking stuffer. A, look, a box of 10 is like nine ninety five. It's almost like fucking stealing it from those guys, especially with the promo code. The promo code is Drinking Bros for 20% off. Um, they ship everywhere in the entire world, and they get a 750 milliliter bottle that, that can sit on your bar top or countertop. You can just boom, boom, pop a couple squirts in and fucking go. Uh, go to strikeforceenergy.com, type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. They ship everywhere in the entire world. And they got that subscription of the month club, which we all have. Next up, we've got carnivoreclub.co. Ooh, big fan of carnivoreclub.co. Uh, carnivoreclub.co is a, is a meat of the month club. I'm, I'm actually eating them as we speak. It, like There is a reason why at the top of this show, it was a little marbled. Got a little marbles in this old mouth. I've been eating fucking salami all goddamn night. And that is, by the way, no no lie, actually. Because um, let's face it, Thanksgiving doesn't really end until, until today. 
So I can throw in a couple LBs the night before, you know what I'm saying, before I go back on that diet. Uh, but carnivoreclub.co, this is what you need to get for for that carnivore in your life, that dude in your life, uh, dad, brother, fucking cousin, uh, just beef fry, you know, just some beef fry. Uh, get him a box of meats. It is it is the goddamn most tasting meats. It's the best tasting meat experience you'll have in your entire life. The guys at Carnivore Club scour the country for the absolute best makers of cured meats. You can select four to six of their their best selections. They pack them in an unbelievably nice box that ships right to your door. Rain, shine, hurricane, what the fuck ever. It will literally be there. You might ask yourself, Ross, what, what, what am I getting from this? Talking about a small batch dry cured bacon from South Carolina. They've got some pasture raised Berkshire prosciutto from Iowa. Uh, they've also got some duck salami from California. They've got a million of these goddamn things. I got look, I got six salamis in my last box. This isn't your grocery store deli. Guys at Carnivore Club, they work with small artisans all across the country that make the best fucking meats on the planet. In preparation for Christmas this year, they're giving your family. A fucking, is this right? I gotta even read this. 15% off. 15% off at Carnivore Club? No way. Uh, the promo code is Drunk Santa for carnivoreclub.co. That's a .co. Drunk Santa. You can customize for one to 12 months too, because you can get a subscription to this shit too. I have it. It's fucking awesome. They've got, uh, it, it, total wise, it, it's about two, two pounds of meat total in a box. So when it shows up, it's not like, oh, hey, man, I'm just getting like a something to snack on. It's a good goddamn day full of meats is what it is. About two pounds worth of meat. Go to carnivoreclub.co. Type in the promo code DRUNKSANTA for 15% off. Big fan of carnivoreclub.co. Next up, we've got ghostbed.com. <laughs> Sleep so good, it's scary. The other night I was sleeping in my ghost bed. True story. Um, I woke up and I was having sex with the ghost of Whitney Houston. Wait, that's Bobby Brown. It's Bobby Brown. But I think if you go back and, and read the police report, Bobby Brown was in a ghost bed when he fucked Whitney Houston. So what, what does all this mean for you? It means if you want a shot at fucking a dead Whitney Houston, go get a ghost bed. Maybe you can fuck a dead Marilyn Monroe. I, who, whoever's dead that suits your fancy. Jessica Tandy. Boom. The old lady from Driving Miss Daisy. Congratulations. You could dream her up. She might be in the ghost bed. I don't know what's going to happen. What I do know is this. It is the finest mattress on the goddamn planet. I've got two of those motherfuckers in my house. I love them shits. Uh, so does, like my relatives. They never used to visit this much. Now they, they come fucking twice a, a goddamn month. I think it's because of the bed. I almost feel like just strapping it to the roof of their car and saying, hey, get the fuck out of here. Here's here's the bet. This is why you keep visiting me. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. You get $50 off a mattress. Um, also, you get two free pillows, which is fucking incredible. Um, the pillows are actually like the dope jam. I have like eight of those. Here's what happened. I ended up buying an extra mattress, and then I ended up buying like, I think, four extra pillows. I have six of those goddamn things now. I've got, it's like a Brady Bunch in my, in my bed full of ghost bed pillows. Uh, big fan of Ghostbed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros or type in the promo code drinking bros for $50 off and two free pillows. It's incredible. Next up, we've got warfightertobacco.com. If you don't got them, go get them and smoke them. Uh, I, got a, I got a fine little email here 
from uh, Scott Jansen and the boys and the boys. What you don't realize every time I, I see the word boys, even though it has an S on the end, I say it with a Z. Fun fact. I say it with a fucking Z. Scott Jansen and the boys, um, they're not doing it anymore in Dominican Republic. What, what Scott Jansen told me, he goes, Dominican Republic is so last year, and it is. It is. I don't know anybody going to the DR anymore. I just don't. Uh, there are new cigars on the website. They are a new, brand new Nicaraguan blend. Um, whew. We don't need them shits anymore from, from the DR. Uh, Nicaraguan, that, they, that blend is, is one of the finest there is. Um, that's where the new cigars are coming from. Uh, they're available in four new sizes. Robusto, Toro, Double Corona, and Rocco, a.k.a. Big as Fuck. Rocco's one of the co-owners as well. They're 100% combat veteran owned. Um, the new Victory cigar is a, is a super premium cigar. They got to celebrate life and the victories in this life. Grab one of those. Um, fuck, I have a Victory once a week. Maybe I should have a cigar once a week. I don't know if my wife would dig it, but whatever. You know, There's nothing like going up to your sleeping wife and then blowing cigar smoke in her face right when she's sleeping and just saying, I love you. I love you. And she's going to be like, she'll so be like, <coughs> she'll start coughing all over your face. And then she'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I'm blowing victory in your face. I'm blowing victory right in your fucking face. Now go back to sleep, lamb chop. I love you. That, I mean, that's what you could say. Uh, their victory cigars are new. They are amazing. And you should probably get them for your mouth hole. Uh, they also have Warfighter Coffee uh, called Warfighter Joe. And uh, you might ask yourself, Ross, that's weird. Um, you guys work with Black Rifle Coffee. All your best friends own a company called Black Rifle Coffee. This is a special new Black Rifle Coffee blend, uh, Warfighter Joe. And it's coming to you straight from Black Rifle, so you know it's good and you can trust it. Not a bunch of fucking rebaggers there. Uh, their website is completely redesigned and includes a new dealer sign-up and locator. So if you're looking for cigars in your area... They will tell you where to go and get it. Go to warfightertobacco.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 10% off. Big fan of warfightertobacco.com. Again, DRINKINGBROS for 10% off. Now, we're going to get you back into the new show. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Burt Koontz and the story of, of his, his brand new endeavor. Give it a listen. Well, well, well. Yeah. And we're back for good now, guys. We are. We are back for good. We've got a ton of uh, great content stacked up for everybody. Today's show is uh, brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, Yeah, yeah, always. We're also changing the name of Black Hearted to uh, the Launch Code Podcast. Yeah, so with the name change... um, we're, we, we've kind of really found our roots in this show, uh, being very business-oriented, and the goal of the show being to help future entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs, veteran entrepreneurs in starting out a business or, or and learning from the guests that we have and, and the experiences that we've had. So keeping with our military roots, we're calling it the launch code. Uh, because it's it's about launching a business, an idea, launching into rapid growth, and then sustaining that growth and how to do it. That's right. So today's episode, we're going to have Bert Kuntz from the uh, formerly known as Peacemaker Trading and now known as Buffalo Union. 
We're going to talk about what he did in his, uh, well, previously, because he was a little bit older when he joined the military. So before he joined the military, while he was in the military, his transition, what he does now, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll ask him a few keys to his success. So without further ado, Bert Koontz, tell us where you came from. Well, th- first of all, thanks for having me on the uh, podcast. I've listened to every episode, and, and they are great. I think you guys are doing a world of good for any... If anybody watches, or listens or watches some of the ones you film, but listens to the podcast, and you started episode one of Blackhearted into the new into the new launch code podcast you could it is literally a blueprint of how to start a business or your own llc with 1500 bucks and it goes way into the the day-to-day business again if you watch this if you listen or watch the the podcast it's a I can't thank you guys enough for what you're doing. It's helped us immensely. And and we're going to be kicking off your show in the new year, right? All my heroes are cowboys. Yeah, that is not correct. Um, that will. Not are we not ha- doing that? No, that is. I not. thought that was a real thing. No, you don't want your own show. We're going to have our own podcast, but it's not going to be called All My Heroes oh, Are. Cowboys. What's it going to be called? It's going to be called All My Heroes Are Cowboys. <laughs> all my new heroes. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want you to be correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, going to so, be a fun show. Who's, no, who's, who's on, on that once, show once, with you? Once we're we're relocating, formerly Peacemaker Bison Union is is going to be moving back to Texas, our headquarters, and that's where we started. And when we get down there, we're gonna we're gonna fire this thing up, and JT is going to help us do a podcast down there as well. And the podcast is going to be more geared towards. You know, working class Americans. I heard and, your and show though is we're all going to be wearing these headsets. You are, but you're going to have a cowboy hat on and with the headsets built into the cowboy hats. I'm going to have those cool. personally made. Okay, 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 you guys. <laughs> Let's get into this. So, peacemaker. No, um, no, no. I need to know where you came from. I need to know what what you did in the army. Oh gosh. I, I want to go back, man. Just give us, you know, give us some background, dude. We got we got to have some we got to have some background so, to this narrative. So background on me, I probably and people that grew up with me would probably say the same thing when they hear my name. They probably go, "That guy's not is that guy still alive? Is he in prison?" <laughs> I did not like school. I did right. not like sitting in the same building for eight hours a day playing the game of buying Air Jordans and wearing the cool shoes and keeping up with everybody. I just didn't, I did I couldn't sit still. It's not attention deficit disorder or anything like that. I just, I'm not geared to sit in a building for eight hours a day for years on end. It, school just wasn't fun to me. I, I liked the people. I liked being around school. So that kind of started my, I, I, I won't say bad choices, but I just made choices looking back on it and going, man, if I just would have sat in school for eight hours and concentrated and got good grades and not got into fights and not got into arguments with people that I didn't like and, just focused on school, I'd be in a better position. I go back and forth on it. So for me, I got a GED, left school early, uh, moved out to Boulder, Colorado, and worked at Mountain Sports, which isn't there anymore. They got pushed out by some of the big box stores, and but they used to on Pearl Street and and got a job tuning skis and you know working. Did the same thing in Seattle for a while, but did that kayaking, skiing, you know just eating Cheetos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, being broke and driving an old beat up Volkswagen and, and working at ski shops. Um, and that, that pushed on until nine 11 happened. Uh, nine 11 for me was, you know, as a, as for everybody else in the country was, you know, kind of a turning point for, for, for a lot of things. 
I was fourth generation military. My dad was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Army. His dad was in, you know, the military in Germany. Um, but, you know, 9-11 for me, that was my choice. My siblings are all, you know, professionals, attorneys, accountants, and, and have, you know, followed that path of college, went to, you know, higher education after that. And it just didn't suit me. So, to, you know, me joining the military was twofold. One, I don't think there's a better time to have joined them. Well, there's been better times and times like that in history where it was, hey, this is a, a good time to join the military. But I'll also say, and I, you know, I made a post about it last week on Instagram, that I also joined the military because I was broke and, you know, tired of eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Cheetos. And the military for me, you know, the 18 x-ray program came up, so I was able to go right into special forces. Well, basic infantry, airborne, as long as you keep passing the gates, you can, you know, get a chance at special forces assessment selection. And I was successful with that, became an 18 Delta and went straight straight out to uh, Okinawa with 1st Special Forces Group and stayed out there for, for quite a while. Did uh, two, two, almost three tours out there. But uh, again, the military for me, you know, I'd love to, to have that bravado and say, man, I joined because I always want there. That's probably 80% of it. There was 20% of it was like, oh shit, what am I going to do with my life? And I'm tired of being fucking broke all the time. Excuse the language. But, you know, it was the military immediately sent me you know, give you a haircut, give you food. They gave me clothes to wear. They gave me a clothing allowance and took care of me, sent me to arguably the greatest med trauma med course there there's, there's ever been with the 18 Delta course. Um, so that was it. And then, you know, I got lucky went out to Okinawa, which is a forward deployed special forces battalion that, that houses the commanders in extremist force or a SIF company, which every special forces group has one, and I'm a little outdated now, but I believe 10th Group now has two of them, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. I think they stood up a second. Really? I, I, I'm not 100% correct, but I heard that. But Which is a, a unit that specifically focuses on direct action, hostage rescue, and, and uh, some other stuff. And was lucky enough to be selected to go down the hall to the SIF company and be a medic there first. And I came on as a medic. I, I was average shooter at best, and it's a shooting it's a shooting company. It spends a lot of time focused on on assaulting and shooting and, and sniper operations. But, you know, I, I came down to be a medic, and that was my foot in the door. And then got to go to Sephardic and some of the other special forces shooting schools and, and got to work on some really good teams there and, and, and got some great trips to Iraq and the Philippines. So couldn't be more happy about that. And about 10 years in, transitioned out of the military. Um, you know, I'd never joined the military to to stay in for 25 years. And again, I don't think my constitution would, would have allowed me to do that. I'm just not, just not geared that way. I, there's so many things I want to do in this world and I have all the respect in the world for guys that go in for 25, 30 years and make it a career. For me, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't a choice for several reasons. Um, but that transition out was, was not an easy one. I was med boarded out. I developed seizures and epilepsy in 2005 right after I got to Okinawa and through Navy doctors and neurologists, I was able to stay on meds and, and deployed. And they, you know, they took it all the way to, to, to Walter Reed to the neurosurgeon conference and said, Hey, can this guy be on these meds and deploy and was able to deploy to Iraq three times on, on anti seizure, uh, meds. So that caught up with me. And again, epilepsy is and seizures is not something 
you know, I, they were under control, but, um, it's not something that you can control a hundred percent. So for me, it, it caught up with me and ended up shortening my military career. I would have stayed in longer. I don't, I wouldn't have done 25 years, but it, uh, it shortened my career and I transitioned at a time when I think I was at my peak for my career. I had no, no desires to go to a unit above that and don't know if I would have fared well there again. Just there's a certain type of person that goes to those units. I was very happy with being in the SIF and, and being in first special forces group and transition out of the military was kind of a, it was, it was a hundred miles an hour. It was real fit happened real fast and transitioned out. Well, did you, did you have a plan when you're transitioning? So no, no, you're like zero getting out. Did you know? I mean, did you, did you even know where you're going to live? No, nope. I, <laughs> I had zero clue. All this stuff happened super, super fast. And, you know, at the time I was dating, who's now my wife, Candace. And, you know, she had been working at Texas Christian university as the, one of the IT directors there. And, and, you know, I had no desire if I was going to move back to the United States, I even told her, I said, man, if, if I'm moving back, it's got to be a mountain state. Like I just need that in my life. I don't care if we're broke. It, quality of life to me is more important than anything else. And seven years later, I was, you know, we just moved from Texas to the mountains. So <laughs> right. I followed, you know, back to Texas. She had a really good job at Texas Christian University and, and it gave me a chance to come back. I went to school there for a couple of years and actually, oddly enough, you know, I, I didn't finish the four years at TCU, but my two years there, my, you know, GPA is three, you know, 3.7 and I was killing it. And that was a pre-med course, you know, biology, you know, any biology, chemistry, I did really well at college and I accredit that to the 18 Delta course, which right. people always ask me, what's the hardest thing you did in the army? And they, you know, I think some people that just don't know are going to, they expect some, some answer of, oh, going to war, it was horrible and this, that, and the other thing and getting my head shaved and being told what to do all the time. And it wasn't the hardest thing for me was the 18 Delta course, like hands down was 10 times harder than anything else that I did in the military because it's, you know, 192 exams, both hands-on and written that you take in a 13 month time period. At least it was when I went through, It, it might change more or less now, but it's down to 70 now, but I had no plan. And but I had developed through special forces and good mentors and good captains and good team sergeants and good guys to my left and right to developed at least some skills that kept me able to concentrate on school and, and do the work when I got to TCU. But again, there was just more for me, you know, and, and you, everybody sitting at the table here and most of the people you have on the show, I think have the same, you know, it's not a disease, but I call it a disease and that entrepreneurial, you know, that creative process of making things that other people are interested in is it's addicting and it's not, not just a money thing, but just that process. And I think I've always had that. Um, the army doesn't help you. No, no, they, they, the, the transition stuff. And I think the civilians out there in Japan and in the army elsewhere try really hard to help people transition. But the meetings and stuff I went to were just horrible. You know, it was like, Hey, here, you're going to get out. You need to do this, this, and this, but it, you know, if somebody like you, Evan, or JT, or Matt Best would would have given me a class as a special forces guy leaving and said, all right, we have one hour and we have $1,500. Let me show you how to create an LLC and a product and start and do trademark searches and, and start your own company. It'll cost you about three grand, which the Army pays you good money before you leave. 
I don't think anybody leaves the army broken. If you do, you, you, you're pretty fucking dumb. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody would have given a class like that, specifically like somebody like you, Evan, were to come in and say, all right, we got 3000 bucks to work with. You all have that in your checking account. Yes, I do. All right, I'm going to teach you how to make a business and you can sell holsters, med equipment, t-shirts, hats, coffee, whatever it is, you know, bedazzled croc shoes. Doesn't matter. You pick anything in the world. And, and I looked at JT when I said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, but croc, croc shoes? Yeah. But I had no, I had zero plans. Like it was, that was the last thing I wanted to do at the time. I was already teed up to go on another trip to Iraq with a really good team and a really good company. I had no plans to leave the military as soon as I did. So I had no plans. Mm. I, I had zero. I had a bunch of money in the bank because I was good with my money. I, my credit score was 760. You know, I was, I was ready to go. But that, that's not enough, you know, right. it's, you know, so that was for me, my first job actually post military was as a zookeeper and a vet tech at right. the Fort Worth Zoo, which I think part of that, I have a love for animals I always have. But another part of that was I could work in an area with people that were, I won't say hippie, but it was, it was the exact opposite from the military. And I think that's what I needed. Right. Mentally it was, man, I was just like, did I, you know, I've made some mistakes. I've made some choices. I'm now in this position. Could I have done this better, that better, this better? Could I have not pushed so hard and just, you know, stayed in a, a certain position or a, a stayed on a certain plane in the military and not pushed it so hard. Um, so for me going to work at the zoo was, you know, it was a, it was the exact opposite of what I just came from. Mm-hmm. And I think I needed that. Uh, one, Zoo, you were a zookeeper. Yeah. Zookeeper. The, what is the, this? The, like, the, the, that's the your official title. Yeah. Zookeeper. Zookeeper and vet tech at the uh, Fort Worth Zoo, which has a really, really one of the best animal hospitals <laughs> in the country. The zookeeper. I and love it. Was, it was doing everything. You know, every animal at a zoo goes through the, uh, goes through the uh, animal hospital to get, in quarantine before they, if they come from another zoo, so you got to watch all the animals. So it was a lot of monitoring animals and then doing med procedures. Cause every animal at a zoo is just like we are. They have to get an annual checkup. It doesn't matter if it's a, a you know, if a rainforest frog that'll fit on the tip of your pinky, or if it's an elephant, they all have to come through and get an annual exam at wow. every, at every zoo. So, so the next thing I got a call from a guy that was, uh, that I was on a team with and deployed with an Okinawa and Charlie company. Uh, and, and Garrett gave me a call and said he was working for an endurance event company. And that was go Ruck, which, you know, I think a lot of people have heard about, um, go Ruck, They do endurance events and the, you know, the, the founder of the company, Jason has done a good thing. He's, you know, at any given time, they probably have a hundred, you know, vets working contract for him doing these endurance events around the country. And, did that and that was you know i did that for about three years but three years yeah wow. for three years and wow. tyler tyler gray who i think you guys are going to have on the show that's yep. where tyler yep. and i met and and you know still have made some great friendships there but it was that dynamic that i think we see a lot you get a hundred a type personalities that are all from different special operations branches all working at the same place all vying for events and all it was just there was another one that was a great it was a great job for me great experience but pretty difficult we're we're pretty rough on each other's vets and i've been part of that problem as well right you know i say it all the time i've never been treated worse in my life than by other vets right but i've also never been treated better in my life than by other vets so so that was you know working there 
and from there it was you know kind of that standard in we've seen it a lot guys will work 1099 they'll do contract work for somebody else or they'll go to work for somebody else's company not just a vet but anybody's company and i think at some point guys that are from the special operations community or have this if you have that personality that's going to push you into special operations i think you also have that personality where you're only going to work for other people for so long right and then you're going to go yeah man i i'm i'm making somebody else I agree with i'm that. making somebody else a lot of money and they're paying me a lot of money and treating me really well but i think there's more here for me mm-hmm. i could be doing more for my family for for the charities and causes i believe in for the people that i believe in and for what i believe in and that was you know tyler and i battle with that nonstop not just there but just since i've known tyler you know that battle of you know you call each other every day and say hey you know it would be a good idea you know, it'd be a cool company or a good idea. And I think we as a group probably do that 50 times a day. And I don't just mean the people on this podcast or Tyler, I think spec ops vets in general, I don't know how many conversations I hear when I'm around a bunch of guys that run teams where it's like, you know, it'd be a great idea. (laughs) Right. And the next question is let's do it. Like, how do we do it? And I think that's where it stops for most guys. They're like, Oh shit, that's a lot of work. You know, like setting up a company and getting an attorney and doing trademark stuff and having to deal with vendors and, you know, guys will get into the thought process and then go, oh, shit, this is a lot of fucking work. Oh, and by the way, I have to send out packages from customers and answer customer service emails 24 hours a day. And you guys have both been a part of this. It's a monster. It consumes your life. It consumes your family. It consumes everything you do if you really want to, you know, push forward. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll piggyback on that, which is like you you have to humble yourself on the altar of business and you have to be willing to answer the customer service tickets. You have to be willing to tape the box. You have to be willing to do every job in the company because nobody else is going to do it. So a lot of soft guys will come out. And I mean, arguably, I was probably in a very prestigious area of the United States government and as a paramilitary contractor. And I transitioned and knew that I couldn't, I wasn't going to go back to that life. Like it wasn't going back to that life. And I didn't give a fuck what it was that I had to do, how dirty my hands had to get, like how long do I have to sit on my knees? It doesn't fucking matter because I'm going to do it. Right. And I don't think a lot of, I mean, we, we interface with so many different vets and you know, a lot of guys will, let's go on to their, when I, when I talk about, Hey, this is a cool opportunity. Why don't we, why don't we do this thing together? It's like, well, how much do I get paid? It's like the first thing they want to ask, like how much do I make? It's like, well, no, I mean, that's not, shouldn't be your first question, you know? No. Should, Cause you, as you know, the answer is, well, for the first two years, not a fucking dime. Yeah. You're not going to make anything, no. you know, the you, first two years of your life, if you're lucky, you might be able to pay yourself after a year, but the reality yeah. of it is every dime you pay yourself is going to stunt the growth of your company. Yeah. And, just, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll be the first guy to tell you the lowest I've ever been in my life was a year. And probably, I, I would say it's probably, it was probably about a year after I started it. I didn't have any, any cash flow. I didn't have any money. I sat in my garage. I rolled the fucking garage down. I sat on a Pelican case and was like, I fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm not, I'm not going to be the first, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the guy that won't admit it, man. I, I, I cried as a man going, I have a family 
And the only thing that fucking like made me just like suck it up. And that was the last time I was like the last time I'm ever going to do this. And it was, it was a business partner that was affecting what was going on with me. It's like back in the twist rate days. And the guy was a fucking complete moron. And I was like, I'm never going to allow another person to affect my success ever again. I will never put the fucking success of me and my family in the hands of idiots ever again. Well, and you and I have had that conversation. If you are a true entrepreneur and you really want to own your own business, and I don't know anybody that doesn't have stories like that. And I've got one as well. Started a company, didn't, it just didn't work out. I didn't get along with my business partners and it was the same the same situation. Candace and I just didn't get along with our business partners right. uh, partners. And it was, we sat down and had the same conversation. We're like, Hey, this is, you know, this is not fun. Like we are now letting people who don't live in this house and don't, aren't putting in the effort dictate what our life is going to be like. And it was like done. See ya out. Haven't talked to him in two years. Probably never talked to him again. Don't care. Same, same. And it's, I, it's, same exact like I started I had Black Rifle kind of rolling a little bit I still had this other company and I cut them out of my life and I just said I have to be sociopathic with cutting every distraction and influence away from my success I have to cut it away like it's cancer with a fucking scalpel and it was he gave gave me that speech three weeks ago I did I followed it well, and and that, now I, I'm I, fucking I, loving I, it. And that's it. And, and you know, and to, to be fair, you know, there's three sides of every story. The, my story, their story, and the, the real story. Again, they're, they probably feel the same way that they cut me out, but that's business. And it's, you know, I have people tell me all the time, like this, that, and the other thing about, oh, did you hear that company has this problem or that problem? I'm like, that's not a big problem. Like, if you, <laughs> yeah. that is not a big problem. I, pro- I promise you, them not, not agreeing with each other or somebody making a shitty comment on social media about your company, that's not a problem. That's business. And that's going to happen whether you're IBM, Ford, or Black Rifle Coffee, or you're our little tiny company, Bison Union. Like that stuff is going to happen. And if you if you let that stuff dictate your life and bother you, then you're already screwed. Like you're already behind the curve. It's and I, I keep saying it. Keep your circle small and tight. And you know that's that's it for for us. But you know it's easy to start a business. It is not easy to grow one without outside help. And I think Evan, you're in the same boat for the, for the majority of the first half of your, you know, business, that was all your own money. And for us, it was, you know, it was only $1,700 total to start Peacemaker, which has now become Bison Union. But again, when you tell that story of, Hey, I started my company with 1700 bucks and I'm not that smart. Anybody can do it. If they're willing to tape boxes, answer emails, watch social media 20 hours a day because when somebody comments, Hey, can I get this or that? Or you guys messed up my order to be able to answer them back and go, sorry, we will fix this right now. It is, it's a full-time job for five years. That's correct me if I'm wrong. It is, it is when I say full-time, it is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And people will look at Candace and I, you know, we made it, we took a trip to Turks and Caicos, you know, it was our first vacation ever together and people made comments like, how do you run a business and you're supposedly giving money back to charity and you're on vacation? <laughs> you know what we did on vacation in the Turks and Caicos? You worked. We worked. Nonstop. Nonstop. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, that's our lives. Mm-hmm. We don't ever, I mean, even when we try and get together and say, hey, 
let's go play ping pong and not talk about work. It doesn't happen. Right now we talk about work because it affects so many other yeah. people down to the end line, which is the customer. And I am. if you're not, you know, it's... Yeah, and, and that's the thing that people don't understand. I don't want to totally off-rail the conversation. They don't understand. I left like private military contracting in 2014. Uh, roughly actually 13 and, and is like part-time, part-time 14. Right. And I didn't pay myself a dime out of my company. And I'll tell you my first year's numbers. We made $1.37 million my first year in business with limited help. Now I would, you know, JT did help, but it was me fucking roasting coffee, taping boxes, doing customer service. I did not take one dime shipping out of the living room shipping out of my basement i didn't take one dime out of the company we made 1.37 million dollars it was more money that i'd ever seen come through a bank account and i couldn't take a dime because i knew that if i took a dime and put it in my pocket it was going to be lost energy and inertia to my future and i was fucking starving man like it was back to not a single one of us started a paycheck until november of 2016 so we're super empathetic and people (laughs) always ask me and same thing and this is where we launched down this conversation so we're at our we're at our anniversary right that yeah you know vets are always asking me what what's what's the what's you know what, what what is it you know what is it and i'm not saying it for me i'm not trying to monopolize your words but you said it which is you have, you, you absolutely have to fucking sacrifice your ego. You have to like chop your ego completely away and say, this is about the success of something greater than whether or not people think I'm a fucking badass. And that's that, I mean, and I, I, I'm just, I'm running down that rabbit hole that you actually opened. So. Well, and that's it. And, and you, we were, JT was there too. We were at dinner. I think Jack was in town too. We were at mm-hmm. dinner and no, uh, Kenny Garrett was here. Yeah, Kenny. And we were at uh, dinner and we, Kenny started talking about military stories and you and I, you know, I looked at you and I, I said, I think I've been with Evan every day, every other day for Never. six months and JT and Matt. And this is the first time we had talked about the military yeah. because <laughs> everything has been about business and business yeah. and business and business since I met you guys, which is, which is awesome, but it is, it's a sacrifice. And I have vets, you know, the, the other one that I think hits close to home here is, you know, I get, I get texts all the time right now going, man, did you see this company on Instagram? They're copying your hats or, right. Did you see this comment somebody made about you guys using a buffalo on the flag and disgracing the flag because by flag code law, you're not, that's the kind of stuff that will keep you up at night if yeah. you let it. And I know you go through the same thing because mm-hmm. you take it personally. The minute somebody makes a negative comment about our company and I, I five years ago, I would have gotten mad and say, Hey, you know what? How about you, you go find uh, a good 10 feet of space and do a somersault so you can pull your head out of your ass because you're an idiot. I don't do that anymore. It's killing with kindness and right. which has worked a lot better for me. Cause uh, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an asshole, but I'm learning now that again, as a business owner, you have to, you have to be able to weather those storms and let that stuff roll off your back and, and, and kill people with kindness because being angry well, it's become, and ugly in the and, last year we have become hyper sensitive and hyper more kind of effective where when, we pick and choose what not to waste time on. 
That's and that's it. Or like, or pick and choose how you're going to sleep at night for yeah. me because that's the kind of stuff that I would lay in bed at night and stare at the ceiling like oh man, this guy didn't like my hat. Like we sent this guy a hat and he, you know, he was pissed off because it didn't fit right or mm-hmm. you know, now it's like, hey, let's just fix the problem and move on and but again, nobody tells you about that stuff when you're starting a business. Nobody tells you when your vendors are going to change their prices or your vendors are going to overextend themselves and say oh, you need 10,000 hats in the next four months, we can get them done for you. And then you go to order your hats and pay and you've got everything set up to do that. And they say, oh, by the way, those six colors are back ordered and you can't buy that one again mm-hmm. after you've already made patches for them. And you've got, anyway, I'm not so, complaining, but I just specifically, if the vets that are listening to this that get out, starting a business is easy, but you have to, don't be afraid to ask for help. And, and you know, don't be afraid to ask for help and also know that your days of partying and having fun and enjoying <laughs> life are, if you really, really, really um, want it to work, are gone. It's going to consume your life. Gone. And then, by the way, hire some employees. And their problems then become your problems, which is the way America should be. You should take mm-hmm. care of the people that work for you. But, you know, their problems then become your but, problems. But, I mean, we've even experienced. We've overtaken care of people, and they still bit us in the ass. Like, yeah, like, like, but, yeah, but that's just human, yeah. human nature. I do want to get back to like when you started Peacemaker. So that I think that's a really good. I want to get back in there. Yep. You started Peacemaker when? So Peacemaker started in late 2015. The concept for it came up. I, I was just done. Right. That the company that we started that did med med training, med equipment just didn't it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Partly on my fault. Partly on my business partners. We just didn't get along. It didn't work, and that which, was which. By the way, I will put this out: every person that has been in business longer than, let's say, two years, has had relationship issues with business partners. Business partner relationships, and I will put this out so everybody understands this: you cannot judge a business based on previous partnerships. That's like trying to judge a, a, a man based on his previous wives, right? And you know, I, now I just want to put that out, which is like, everybody thinks, well, you've had all these business partnerships and, oh, did I hear that about this guy and this guy and this guy? And it's like, okay, y- yeah, but people just don't get along like that. That, that shit is just absolutely real. It is a relationship that involves money and not only money, but, but, creative, but vision. creative vision and intellectual, mission property, and intellectual and- property. It's so, it's more complicated than a marriage at times. And business partnerships will fold, but you can't actually judge a person based on their previous partnerships. You can't because that might be a great guy that made a series of mistakes because they were a novice. He might be a great fucking guy, but he's just not good with that other guy, you know, as a business partner. Or that person just might have been in a bad place yeah, or in their just life bad, for six yeah. months or a year and just having some issues. Like having some, it, you yeah. have the human turn. You have to put that factor you, in. You have to. And I mean, it's, you know, that, that hit me pretty hard. It, it was not, you know, again, it, you go back to questioning, was this me or was this them? <laughs> right. Was, you know, how the, how did this get so messed up so fast when it was such a good idea so for me, I was lucky, and, and you guys know Candace. She works for you guys now. Candace works at Black Rifle for directly for Evan, Matt, and, and JT on the executive team. Uh, you guys know how hard she works. So I was blessed with having Candace had had her job at TCU, which paid well. TCU was a very good place for Candace to work, takes care of the families that work there. 
Um, so that for me gave me the opportunity. I, you know, it was a Tuesday afternoon. It was a Tuesday. Um, and I'd been in Texas for, for years now and driven by a hundred ranches for me, I was born 150 years too late. Like I'm, I'm, I'm seriously convinced of it. And I would go back in time, you know, if I could go back to 1850 and only live for 40 years, I would probably make that trade if I could take my wife with me. Hmm. I, I'm fascinated, always have been with that, that time period. So for me, you know, the two things I wanted to be as a kid were an army, you know, a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL and then a cowboy. And I'd already done the Green Beret thing. So it was making that, you know, I took a gamble and told my wife, I said, hey, what are your thoughts on me just working on a ranch, even if it's for free, just to try and get on a ranch? And she was want both thumbs up, do it. Like, do it. We can we can take this risk and do it for six months, see see if it works out. That's when I met Buster. Um, right. Through a friend of ours, got, got a job on a ranch, called a buddy of mine, Mike McDaniel, who's the, the deputy sheriff of Tarrant County, and said, hey, do you know anybody that owns a ranch? He works in the livestock division. He hooked me up with... I called him on a Tuesday afternoon. He called me back about an hour later and he said, all right, here's the guy. Buster Frierson's the guy. And I'm just telling you right now, he's the real deal. Like he is the real deal working ranch cowboy. Here's his number calling. And the minute I called Buster, I hung up the phone and called Buster immediately. And it was like, again, they didn't have phones back then, but I can only imagine what it would be like calling somebody in the 1850s. You guys have met Buster. (laughs) So Buster said, come on out. Uh, the ranch is only about 15 minutes from Fort Worth. It's one of the original four ranches in Fort Worth. And uh, walk out and sure as shit, this this six-foot-tall cowboy, you know, with spurs on and a hat, looked like he'd been riding horses all day, you know, comes walking off a traditional ranch porch and, and greets me, and, and that was that. You know, right away meeting Buster. You can just tell when you meet somebody, their character and this guy from the get-go. It was just, you know, it was it was the change that I needed in my life at the time as a veteran transition out of the military and trying to find their place in, in this country. And that's not a pity story. I don't, I, I don't want to sound like a victim. I've made some pretty shitty choices in my, every, every choice I've made has led to the consequences that have put me right here in this seat with you guys, some good, some bad. I don't want to sound like a victim or, you know, pull the pity veteran card cause that's not the case. But, uh, I was in a bad spot Buster offered me a job. He said, Hey, I don't care who you are, special forces, this, that, and the other thing. I don't care what your background is. Thanks for your service. Um, but everybody that works here starts out at 10 bucks an hour on my ranch and it starts at sunrise and, and finishes when the sun goes down. And he was not messing around. Like that was it. <laughs> I came back the next day and started working on a ranch for Buster. Um, got off social media, just posted pictures of horses and, you know, just got off media, social media. Stop focusing on everything other than just coming to work that day and putting in a good, honest 10 to 12 hours of work every day for 10 bucks an hour. Best decision I've ever made in my life to include the military. Hands down, the best decision ever. To go work for somebody that it's just good old-fashioned hard work for a honest wage and it's honest simple work that's about as important as it can get in this country if you ask me raising beef and cattle and produce and and crops for america is pretty special you know 1.5 percent of the america american population signs up to to defend our freedoms and liberty in the military and then 1.5 percent of the country raises all the produce or raises and grows all the produce and and meat for this uh, country and i think both groups are heavily overshadowed by 
a lot of the drama and bullshit that goes on in this country right now, people tend to forget that the freedoms we have and the food we have on our table comes from people who are out there working for it. So, you know, that's that for me, you know, working for Buster and Buster, we highlight Buster in all of our social media. I'd much rather have Buster. I don't need to be the face of anything. Buster is the perfect face for, for Bison Union and the perfect lifestyle and the perfect person. Um, But Buster, you know, working with him, I'm a t-shirt, jeans, and hat guy, and, and, you know, all these companies are out there. And, again, the veteran space, JT, you guys, Article 15, Evan, you'd already been doing it with Black Rifle, but, you know, that logical choice of looking at other veteran businesses and going, man, could I do this? And how do I do this without copying anybody else's shit? Right. And, you know, what, what can I do? And it all came back to the one answer of starting a brand that, was my lifestyle and everything that I loved about America. Right. If you do that, then you can't be copying somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if it's coming from your, from your heart and that's what it was with Peacemaker. Buster and I literally on the back of a ranch, dusty, dirty ranch truck, um, started drawing logos and putting, you know, putting the flag out there. How can we make this patriotic? And that was, that was the start of Peacemaker. And that was, you know, when it really got going was, January of of last year of 2016 that's when we incorporated the company and and said hey we're going to do this and we made two t-shirts and uh we made two t-shirts I already had a little bit of a following on social media what what shirts were they they were simple they didn't even say peacemaker on them they just were a red shirt and a blue shirt that had a buffalo our buffalo logo or bison with the crossed arrows on it um um and the first one was just a red shirt with a black buffalo and said peace through strength and had a flag on the back oh, that yeah. said mm-hmm. that was it. They yeah. and they had a flag on the sleeve and super simple. But we also paid fifteen dollars a piece for those right. printed, which right. again nobody tells you, Hey, go yeah. go print T shirts. Now we pay one, you know, we pay half that for a printed T shirt because we do a lot of it with right. friends or, or in house, but um we launched those shirts and again, I set up a Shopify. I didn't know what the, f- the hell I was doing. I built the Shopify site, got, you know, got all the logos, got everything done, worked with designers and we launched those shirts on Shopify on, I think it was a Thursday night. It was a weird time. And again, nobody, nobody was there to say, Hey, you need to do analytics and algorithms and check right. when to launch this, that, and right. the other thing. It was we had finished all the work and it was time to launch and it was like eight or nine thirty on a Thursday night. So we launched the two shirts and you know, there's that lag between your phone and you launching something on your computer or phone and yeah. somebody's got to actually find your site, purchase, put it in the cart, do the credit card. So about four minutes went by and nothing happened. And I had set up notifications with a vibrant on my phone and was like, Oh man, this is my palms were sweating. I was like, great. We just put, you know, two and a half thousand dollars worth of money into stuff that we probably can't afford right now. And Candace, of course, is totally relaxed and just like, okay, you're, you're bugging me. Go just be quiet and people are going to buy shirts. I promise. And within a couple of minutes, my phone literally vibrated off the coffee table and we sold all 500 shirts in 37 minutes. And that was it. That was great. You know, that was it. And it was, again, I think part of that was because I had a little bit of a following on social media, but I think the other part of it was people made a connection with, you know, a brand that was a little bit different that wasn't, you know, just something they hadn't seen before. 
but uh, that's that's how Peacemaker started. It's, and so up to this point, you know, I mean, obviously I know these, but tell us kind of what you struggled with early on, what you're struggling with now, how you've overcome those things, if you've overcome them, you know, kind of kind of tell the audience, I guess, what 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 you've dealt with in startup phase and, and now. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle was inventory and demand. And I think, you know, we had the demand off the get go. Right. The next one was inventory and doing velocities. And then the ever, the ever turbulent, you know, seas or skies of, of vendors, because when yeah. you're starting a company, yeah. like you started roasting coffee in your, your garage. And we started with t-shirt printing on a manual press with some guys that, you know, that, had never some of them were just starting themselves and you know you play that game of like i said paying 15 dollars for a simple shirt with you know you know two sides two two logos that shirt should have been a third that caught you just don't know right but playing that game i think the biggest thing for us was inventory and demand and and i said from the get-go that i didn't want to borrow a dime from anybody right and I, you know, I stood by that and was like, Hey, this is going to be ours. I don't want anybody else involved. I want to, even if it fails, I want it to be my failure, but playing that game of finding, you know, nobody tells you that. So for us, I didn't know that I could go straight to the t-shirt companies and source that stuff myself and buy my own shirts. Right. And then I know exactly what the price of my shirt is. Cause I'm buying it from the company that manufactures it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big issue for, with us was inventory and demand. It still is. You know, you and I have talked about it many times. Like it's inventory demand. I think everything else has gone pretty smoothly. We've been lucky in the sense that we, if we put out a design, we haven't had anything flop yet and we put out stuff, but the message I think is a message that people want to hear right now. I don't, it's not, I'm not, I'm not a designer. Um, I just know what I like and what I like about this country. Um, but I think, you know, to answer, go back to your question for us, it's, it's inventory and demand. You know, it, had we done it right, we did, you know, if, had I done it right, I would have taken a couple hundred thousand dollars from somebody and somebody I trust. And we would have just built the company and built, <laughs> built that inventory right off the bat. So, um, yeah, that's it. We don't, we still, we still only have a few employees in their, their contract 1099. Uh, that's going to change here pretty quick as we grow the company, but uh, we haven't had any employee issues to deal with. Everybody we've brought on has been phenomenal. I, I don't think, you know, we're still in our infancy phase. Right. It's a little long. We're we're almost we're coming up on you know in f- January February will be at two year the two year mark. So three more months. Yeah, basically. three more months yeah. will be at the two year mark, and I think we should be doing better. You and I again have had that conversation. We should probably be doing a lot better than we're doing, but we've also had three other jobs and TV shows and other shiny objects that have that have. Uh, kept us from putting a hundred percent effort into it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and today, I mean, as it stands, what, uh, what would you say looking forward? Is it still going to be your inventory and demand that that going to be your big issue that you think you're going to run into or no, I think, you know, I don't know how much you want me to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, but, um, it's no secret now that you and, and Matt, uh, best are involved in are now owners of Bison Union, which was Peacemaker. I keep saying that because we're going through that transition. But right. you know, the goal here is to create a brand that 
is is a much larger brand than what Peacemaker is. Peacemaker was mine. And people keep asking me, why did you change the name? And, you know, there's tons of companies out there that have Peacemaker involved. And, you know, for us, it was, you know, it's when I came up with Peacemaker, it was still Peacemaker was still a leftover piece of my military career. And right. it was mine. It was my vision. And it's very 1850s ish and a lot of guns and which is great. All that stuff is going to stay. But, you know, two of the smartest words I've ever heard in my life are shared value. And I didn't understand what that meant. But, you know, I, I've, I've explained it a few times with, with this scenario. We have Australian Shepherd and Blue Healer Rescues. And I wanted to make a T-shirt with a buffalo and a dog on it because of, you know, the buffalo for us is the most, to me, is the greatest symbol of America you can get. It's, the most, it's a huge animal that's incredibly peaceful until it's time to not be peaceful anymore. And then it becomes one of the, the toughest animals, you know, in North America. But I wanted to make a t-shirt with a buffalo and a dog on it. So I could have, they started doing my homework and 2.7 million people own Australian shepherds and healers in America, but there's 86.2 million people that own dogs. So do we make an Australian shepherd shirt that might reach 2.7 million people? Or do you get that larger shared value and just make a dog shirt that connects with 86 million people. And that's what we did. And it's still our second best selling shirt ever wow. and continues to be the one that we could ask more about. And it just says, be the person your dog thinks you are in the back of the shirt with a paw and an American flag. <laughs> but that's, you know, that to me and that shared value now is peacemaker for those that have followed us. Peacemaker was mine. It was my vision. It was mine and Buster's and Candace had, you know, Candace was, wasn't too involved in the design and creative process side. She's been the anchor on the back end of the business with the ops. But the question just became, man, if, if this many people are interested in peacemaker at the vision where it is with me, let's bring on more people that are like us that we enjoy working with and let's go after more shared value and try and build a band, a, a brand that every single person in America will go, I can identify with that. Obviously it's going to be swayed towards my politics and the other partners involved, which is a little more red and conservative. Um, but you know, that's, that's making that transition. Um, but to answer your question, no, the reason we're changing our name is that we're going to go through, we're going through some changes right now to bring on you know, more capital, more logistics, you know, more people involved, more resources. And those resources are going to come from the team here at Black Rifle, which, you know, is, 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 is headed by Matt and Evan and, and JT on the creative and design side. That'll be heavily, you guys will be heavily involved in, in where we're going with this. Um, so I don't think that's going to relieve the problems. Uh, and it goes back to the start of this conversation of business partners. You know, you talk about not getting along with business partners. And it's, this is the perfect example. I've known you guys for a year and a half now, and I've never, ever, I've come to you with some rants and some arguments, but it's not been directed at you matter JT specifically. And that right there is more important than any amount of money on this planet. You can't, you can't, you can't quantify that with money. I think this is going to be successful because we all work 24 hours a day and I think we're pretty creative and we're loyal to our customers and always will be. But more importantly, it's a phenomenal group of people to work with. Thank you. And, you know, having a, it's, it's work, this should be fun. And myself with the last business I was involved in, and even with this one, 
I've made it really difficult at times instead of just going, hey, can I get some advice from you for a minute because you've been in the same position? And that's what's happened in the last six months is if, you know, for those of you that aren't following what's going on, I've been talking with Evan a lot and Evan is a far better business person than I am. You know, hopefully someday I can join the ranks with him and, and consider myself a good business guy. But right now I'm, I'm in second grade and I still have 10 more grades to go to graduate in business and, and we're bringing on. I have a little work depression right now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Wait, me and Matt, you know, left an hour and a half ago to go back to my place real quick because I was showing him the options to color the, uh, the, the new music video. Right. Takes about two hours to cut it up to prep it to color. As soon as I click the mouse button crashed. Oh, and and that's, and I didn't save it. So now I know like as soon as we're done with this, I'm going back to redo two hours of my life that was done that I lost. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's it. I don't know how many time we've batched stuff up to, to create shipping labels and then you go to print them and there's no, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no paper in the printer or there's no, you know, there's no labels in the printer and you got to reboot or your label printer dies. And then you got to go back and like, that's it. Like that's a perfect example of, you know, it never, ever, ever, ever stops <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know if that answered your question. No, no, it, like, it does. I don't, I don't know I how think, much, you know, I don't want to yeah. get too far into specifics because we've got a lot of stuff going on and we're going to be putting some news yeah, out and we'll watching stuff. Another, but, another yeah, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do continue, episode. continuation updates. You know, I think that, you know, we, we constantly strive here, whether it's, you know, Black Rifle Coffee or Black, you know, Black Hearted or Drinking Bros, you know, people need to understand like the, this, this whole family dynamic that we have in a way that I think is, is it, it is important, which is, you know, guys, the, the, we, we, meaning everybody here at the table, we take an interest in, you know, we really do bend over to, to help each other in a way that I think is people don't do that in the business world. And, and everybody talks to me sometimes about that. They're like, man, we don't see shit like this. Like you guys have like three or four other companies underneath your, you know, your roof. And I'm like, yeah, but there's constantly good ideas flowing out of everybody. And if guys go off and be a success, I think that's fucking great. I think they should go off and, you know, well, Tyler just walked through here. One of the guys in customer service, uh, he's like, yeah, he was talking about his side hustle, you know, he's like, ah, oh, I've got to, you know, I've been doing some stuff with my side hustle. I'm like, go, go get it, man. Do it. You know, transitioning out of the mill, finding something that you're passionate about. And sometimes, you know, it is, sometimes you got to take the, and not even like, that's a bad thing. Sometimes it requires $10 an hour, 12 hours a day in the beating sun just to remind yourself oh that's right i'm not the fucking coolest dude on the goddamn planet and and oh that's right like thank you for your service that's all anybody owes you and they don't actually owe you that the only thing that no you, they yeah, don't it, and uh, again don't. I'll, pro- I'll probably get beat up by people for saying it but you enlisted like yeah you enlisted and you got your rent paid you got sent to sexy schools you got schools that you can use when you're out of the military you got clothes, you got to travel around the world. It, again, like it's, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but the military is a pretty good deal for you if you, if you really want a shot at America. Like it is a pretty good starting point for somebody who's 
thinks that there's you know there's there's no other choices for him and i'm not saying every shitbag in the world should go join the military because that's not the case for some people it's just not the right life but yeah all anybody owes you is a you know and they don't even owe you that Hmm. you know you enlisted i enlisted volunteer yes you said in a very important a very important word and i think like i love i love the your story because i i i mean you and i talk so much and i think sometimes we get down you know, with our blinders on and and not being able to just go, that's right. What we've built here, uh, we have so much in common, which is nobody gives a shit whether or not, you know, I had a green beanie or you had one or all the cool things that I supposedly have done. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. And the only thing that really gets you through and will fucking get you through is by like and I've said it, I don't know, I think every every episode maybe. Yeah. There's no secret to any of this. No. I love having guys like every guy on this show and you'll you'll hear a common theme. What what does it take, Bert, to be a success? Hard work. <laughs> That's like, right. It's hard work. And you don't, hard, yeah, but don't real, real work too, you don't, not fake work. No, and you don't have to be a genius. Hard no. work and then there's another little part of it, that integrity that comes in. And I told you know, I tell mm-hmm. I've told this story three times. You know, we do a lot of stuff at Peacemaker is based off of we do lever action rifles and old 3030s and 4570s. And, you know, another friend of the family here, the Softleak guys, Aaron Woolman from Softleak, called me out of the blue and said, hey, man, I got a custom rifle that I made. We're going to, you know, it's a lever action. I want to post some stuff. We want to do some content with it. Are you okay with that? Because I don't want to step on your toes. And that right there for me, like, yeah, magic. Like magic. That's how this community should be. That's how this business should be. Hey, man, I want to do something that's like what you're doing. Are you okay with that? Or can I get your advice on it? Like that, not even necessary. Nobody Mm. needs to call me ever. But the fact that that stuff happens or it happens here, you and Matt say, hey, we want to do this. Is that cool? Or I say, hey, everything we've ever done that mentions coffee, Evan, are you good with this? Like just some mutual respect across the table back and forth so that it's a win-win for everybody involved. And that happens a hundred times a day in this building. Like it really does. And I say it all the time. The first time I met you, you said, Bert, my goal is not to be, not to have a hundred million dollars in the bank. It's to make a hundred veterans like myself millionaires. And it's literally happening. And it's not about the money and being millionaires. It's about putting good products out and putting food on your table and employing other people and giving some money back to charities. It's about freedom. You you took the words out of my mouth. The next thing was just, it's about earning your freedom. It is. We say it all the time. I've got my freedom right now. I, Candace and I owe nothing to anybody except for the people in this building. And I've never been happier to owe anybody anything in my life. Well, I think, I I think those are sound principles to, and takeaways uh, you know, the integrity and, and this is why it goes back to like, you know, business partnerships, they fall apart, right? They, business partnerships fall apart. Uh, businesses make mistakes. They do, you know, they, they ship out the wrong orders. They, you know, they, they partner with, you know, different partners and those partners fade away. But ultimately, you know, if you step into the office every day saying, I'm trying to make something better to include my life, uh, to, the, to include the, the lives of the people that work with you and around you, uh, and I plan on going to work, meaning this is not going to be easy. I'm not in for an easy ride. 
I'm in to just roll up my sleeves and do the absolute best that I can. And I have to be prepared to starve doing it. And that's what I always told people, you know, I was happy living out of a rucksack, you know, like I'm super happy living out of a backpack in the middle of the mountains. Like that's actually my, my preference. I have no, I mean, actually I'm, I'm the happiest when I have nothing except for my family. So the rest of this shit is gravy, dude, like on the, on the, on the end of it. But when I can step into the office and hang out with guys like Bert, guys like JT, guys like Matt, the people that work here, uh, and we can create value in one another's lives like that is the most amazing thing on the planet. It's freedom. Like we, we always say it and people there's like, you know, you basically have to, you know, I, I always say you can take a vow of poverty to be free or you can take a vow of poverty to become wealthy enough to be free. <laughs> that's, and that's it. <laughs> and, and I, you know, we were down at the rodeo. We had our, you know, first big booth and show at the world championship ranch rodeo and talking to Buster and, you know, Buster and I are just sitting there bullshitting and, and I, it literally dawned on me that I'm working right now to make enough, just, just enough money. I don't right. need a lot. I'm working right now and Candace is working right now to have just enough money that I can go back to working for Buster on a ranch for $10 an hour. And I'm not bullshitting. You guys know me. <laughs> like I, all I want to do is go back to working on a ranch for $10 an hour and not have to worry about where my food and my rent is going to be paid and where I'm getting money for food. Yeah. I, and, I, and it's, and it's, you, you've said the same thing to me uh, 10 times. And cabin. Yeah. Cabin in the mountains in Idaho and, and, and raising your, your girls. To, to be like you and your dad, you know, outdoors, outdoorsmen, outdoors women, whatever you want to call them. But that's the fact of the matter is we're not buying Ferraris and, no. and, and houses. Nobody, on, on no, nobody like wants just that. Not, nobody wants that. Either. No. And that's, what's the beauty of this. Happy group. with a mini bike. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it's just having a nice truck and in a, in enough money to go back and work on a ranch, a truck that's not going to break down, but that's, that's, that's freedom to me. And, and this group is the, the epitome of it of of helping each other out and i hope this continues i know it's going to with our group but i hope more people get into this circle and more yeah. people see what's going on here and more people realize that hey i'm not we're not competing against you no like, I, I want your brand i don't care if you sell a hat with a flag i want your brand to be as good as my brand if not better just don't be a shitbag about it you yeah. know like just do the right thing it's it's awesome Anyway, I'll okay, get off, I'll get off my soapbox. Oh, Episode uh, back at it with uh, the Launchpad podcast, Launch Bert code. Kuntz. Uh, you can reach him at, uh, where's your IG, Bert? Our IG right now is Bison Union, and then uh, the Facebook is switching over to Bison Union, but you can find us both still at Peacemaker Trading, but our IG is, is Bison Union. And for those that follow the brand, we're still going to be selling Peacemaker stuff. Mm -hmm. We're still going to be selling all the same logos, all the same gear. We're just blowing this thing up. Evan, Matt, JT, the guys here are going to be on board. We're, we're going to blow this up. And, you know, I, I'm not going to bogart somebody else's brand, but, you know, think Patagonia, Filson, all these lifestyle brands out there. That's, you know, that's what we're going for, but for our group of people, yeah. you know, for, awesome. for people that love doing what we like to do. So Bison Union. Uh, JT, where, where can they find you? Uh, JT Article 15 on Instagram and Facebook. 
And I am Evan Hafer or at Evan Hafer at Instagram. The only, the only Evan Hafer on Instagram. The only actually. one on Instagram. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have Tyler Gray in the lineup. He's coming in. We've also got Mike Glover from Field Craft, Field Craft Survival. We have Jack Osborne coming in. So the one and the only. We've got a lot of shows lined up for everybody. Awesome. You are going to be hearing a coming lot from back. Black Target. Thanks. <laughs>